The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to It Came From The Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. We have none other than our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. How's everyone doing? We have uh, from Pronto Comics, their own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Toronto. I'm doing fine. <laughs> um, on this week's show, we're going to have another Jaybird and Lee segment. And um, I have an exclusive interview with event organizer of the Huracan, David Donovan. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! News is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of comic book and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention, they actually uh, have another convention coming up, which is the Big Apple Trading Card Show, which is going to be a one-day event in January 29th of 2022. Um, tickets are, I believe tickets are on sale now. I am not 100% sure, but go to that website and you can find out. And I want to give a shout out for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unchikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan. Hey, I know about those guys. Yasmin Array and Rosa. You want to get your own little shout out? Go to www.itcamefromradio.com. And on our website, there's a little button to go to the Patreon page. And just for a dollar, you can get a shout out. So let's start off with the sad news. Wait a minute. Uh, yes. Wait a minute. Yes. Very quickly. Yes. I think you should put, uh, change the list, uh, change the order, put the Huracan and then Unjikan right after that. <laughs> That'll just flow like you wouldn't believe. Go ahead. On <laughs> with the sad news. I, it's funny because I've been saying it so long the same way. It kind of flows the way the way it says it, but I will, I will think about that. That's funny. Um, think about that, Mark. <laughs> sad, sad news. Um, voice actor Jack Angel died recently, just five days away from his 91st birthday. As of this wow. recording, which is uh, October 27th, 2021, no cause of death has been announced. Uh, Jack provided many characters during his career with roles in the films and TV shows, such as Transformers the movie, G.I. Joe the movie, DuckTales the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, American Tale, Five of Goes West, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Quest for Camelot, A Bug's Life, Tarzan, The Iron Giant, Monsters, Inc., Lilo and Stitch, Treasure Planet, and Toy Story 3, just to name a few. Um, as I was saying, he's more famously voiced characters on animated series, such as Super Friends, along with his many incarnations, Pole Position, the original Voltron, the Venom Universe cartoon, Transformers cartoon, uh, the Fox Spider-Man uh, series, J. Joe, the La- Denver, the Last Dinosaur, Pro Stars, Super Dave, Native for Hire, and the new all and the all new Dennis the Menace cartoon. Um, I remember him like 
since I guess because his name is Angel, last name Angel, and they usually back in the old days they used to put the um, voice actors in alphabetical order. Mm. His was one of the first names I always saw watching cartoons. So if you grew up in the eighties and nineties, he he did some voice in that cartoon in some way, shape, or form. That makes sense. You are a, a Voltron fan, Dominic, aren't you? Yep. So he was Zarkon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm reading. That. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I was like, wow, he's he was uh, amazing. He was basically all the um, the bad guys. I think it was what they call him, the Drool Empire, or whatever yes, it was. Like, yes, yes. Yeah, he played all the bit Commander Cossack, Commander Yurak. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I'm obviously very well known. I, I know his work very well. Um. So yeah, so Charlie. He played. He, he played a good. He had a good bad guy voice. But he had a lot of he had a lot of range. So as uh, yeah. Charlie, do you were you watching TV when the Super Friends came on, or was that uh, past your time? That was way way past uh, past my TV watching days. Okay, so uh, so he. Was... I'm sure, I'm sure I heard his voice a million times. Yes, it's it's just one of those things. Like it's it's just one of those guys. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. wasn't he wasn't like um. Well, I guess the best name I would throw out there would be Frank Welker. Frank Welker's like the Mel Blanc of his time. Um, he's not at that level, but he was just in everything. He's like the Michael Caine of animated voices. He was in a lot of stuff. Well, from all from all the uh, the voices you were mentioning there, uh, yeah, he's he was the Mel Blanc. <laughs> he he did. Uh, I'm sure he did much much more. Uh, yes, yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. he was. Uh, I mean, uh, Mel Mel was the most famous because of all the. The familiar characters, right? The us. big name characters, right? Right, big name, and and you grew up every generation with them, right? You know, so so, uh, so uh, he I'm was, sure, like, yeah. So he was a a, a young ninety years old. Like I said, five days away from his ninety first birthday. Wow. Well, uh, so moving on for more sad news, um, actor uh, Peter Scolari died recently yep. uh, from cancer. While Peter has been in a plethora of films and TV shows such as Corporate Affairs, Camp Nowhere, That Thing You Do, The Polar Express, Suburban Girl, Looks That Kill, Good Time Girls, Missing Children, A Mother Story, Fire, Trapped on the 37th Floor, Family Album, Dweebs, Gargoyles, Stop the World, I Want to Get Off. Wait, that's not right. Stop the World, I Want to Get Off. Girls, Gotham, Madoff, and Evil, just to name a few. He is perhaps best known for his roles of... Henry Desmond in 37 episodes of the sitcom Bosom Buddies, which opposite Tom Hanks, which ran from 1980 to 1982, 66 episodes of the 1997 and 2000 series Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show, as Wayne Selinsky taking over from Rick Moranis to start in the movies, and as Michael Harris for 142 episodes of the CBS series New Heart, which ran from 1984 to 1990. Um, everybody has seen at least one of those three shows. Easily. Oh, my God. Easily. Bosom Buddies was one of my favorite shows. So, um, so yeah. And, and the thing was, I saw him. Uh, one of the last conventions I went to before the pandemic was the Big Apple Christmas Con with uh, um, Sam Jackson, uh, Sam J. Jones from, from Flash Gordon and Peter Scolari yeah. was there also. I was like, hey, there's Peter Scolari. Yeah. <laughs> and I know uh, so many people went to that uh, convention also, Mark, because... On Facebook, um, 
there was like a plethora of rest in peace, Peter, and all these people had their pictures taken with him. Yeah, it was it was really it was really weird. It was like one of the, like I said, it was one of the last cons before the pandemic that I that I personally went yeah. to, and he was there. Yeah. It was so wild. So he was a a young, super young, sixty six years old. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, that's terrible. So let's see. Um, so we got the final bit of sad news. Oh, good. <laughs> we have actor James Michael Tyler, uh, also died recently and also from cancer. Uh, James, while appearing in a handful of shows, is perhaps best known for his role of Gunther on 148 episodes of the NBC sitcom Friends. Now, me personally, I've only seen like two episodes of Friends, maybe three. And he, I don't think he was in it. But I did see the reunion episode that they that they did on a uh, HBO Max or Showtime, whatever whatever channel it was on. I saw it and he and he appeared on it. I was like, "Who the hell is that guy?" <laughs> and apparently, he was a big uh, big deal on the show. He was like a consistent um, recurring background player. I don't know how else to put it. Like he wasn't really a, a major character, but he was always there whenever they were in the coffee shop and would occasionally come on and have you know, a line or something to say. Right. So did you guys see, ever see How I Met Your Mother? I have. Yeah. So basically like the bartender, which was Lou Frigno's son. He was there right. a lot. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. That basically every once in a while you'd see him, like he, he'd say something. He was, uh, I believe like quietly in love with um, Jennifer Aniston's uh, character. Character. Rachel. Yeah. But what he, about, that, like, nothing ever happened. So. What about you, Charlie? Did you see a friend? Are you a Friends fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, big Friends fan. Gunther was, uh, he was, I mean, he may not have a lot of lines, but there was a lot of uh, facial expressions and a lot of just, he was had a very dry delivery and which made, made him stand out, even though he didn't, he didn't do a lot, but it was, the character that he was portraying was, you know, he always, he loved Jennifer. So he had a presence. Know. He had that, he had that presence. He had a presence. Yes. Gotcha. He did. All right. So he was 59. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a little sad. And the thing was, he didn't mention that uh, he was sick until he did the, um, he did the um, uh, appearance on the reunion show. So as soon as they repaired, like, well, he's not looking so good. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sick and dying. So it was only a couple of months ago he wow. was, uh, I was there. Yeah, well, yeah, it was that just came out. Yeah. So Did, uh, I'm not sure what those wow. noises are, but uh, that means it's time to move on to the not a sad news. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, no, that. that uh, did you just hear that noise? Yeah. yeah. That little beep. <laughs> that was Shemp texting me oh okay i'll yeah. really call him a loving uh herman Shemsonertia. um yeah. so moving on to the not as sad news that's from funny. the that's a not a sad nuts. news <laughs> yes not a sad news where have you been we've been doing this for months years as a matter of fact well you know he's here but he ain't always here you know what i'm saying <laughs> from the that's a lot of nuts department the new film dune 
which has already been greenlit for a sequel, has taken the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in $41 million, easily beating out last week's number one film, Halloween Kills, which made an additional $14 million in the box office. For those keeping track, Shang-Chi is still the highest grossing film of 2021, which we're running out of 2021, so it might be the winner. Um, with $221 million, followed by Black Widow at number two with $183 million. Dune, uh, out of all the movies released, comes in at number 24 with the $41 million. Um, of note, Shang-Chi is only available to see, legally, in theaters, while Dune, as well as Black Widow, is available to be seen for free with its respective streaming services. Uh, keep in mind the numbers do not reflect uh, the revenue made from said streaming services. Uh, you're a Dune fan. I, I know we had mentioned Dune before. Um, did you have any interest in seeing that uh, new Dune, guys? Um, no. I, I'm interested in it, but I also know it's like three and a half, four hours long or something. Something. How long is this? I, do I, know. I, know, it, I know it's not. <laughs> it's, not it's not your typical uh, hour and a half? Uh, no, I, I know it's not uh, a usual fast... Um, fast watch it's two and a half hours long two hours and 35 minutes um i have a good friend who's really into dune and he's like they did a great job they really they really got it so i watched the miniseries on sci-fi um and i rather enjoyed the story so i am curious to see how they how they do it I, I, for me, the reviews have been mixed by people I know on Facebook. So the question is, since it's already greenlit for a sequel, would it be wise to wait for the sequel before watching this movie? Um, I would think so. I, yeah. well, like, I, mean, like, I, I would think if they already greenlit it for a sequel, I'm watching it. I'm like, I'm not going to watch this movie right now. I'll wait for the sequel to come out. That way I can watch both of them at the same time and enjoy it better. Well, you could you could say now. that, but then did you feel the same way about you know watching is that you could say like I'm not going to watch anything for Marvel. I'm going to wait for it all to be over. <laughs> well, I'm not going to watch uh, you know back in the '90s and early 2000s. Well, I'm not going to watch the the prequels. I'm going to wait for it to be done. Like you know, here's here's a tidbit about Mark. <laughs> He's weird. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, the trilogy. Lord of the Rings, I yes. have never seen because right. Right. they originally said that they were going to film all three movies at the same time. Okay. And I was like, screw you guys. Maybe the first movie is going to be good. How dare you expect me to watch three movies instead of just the one? And right. then when they all came out, I'm like, you know what? I will watch the whole thing in one sitting because if I don't like it, I'm not, uh, not going to see half of it. I'm going to be forced to watch the whole thing. So this, in my mind, kind of falls in that category because I've never been a fan of Dune, uh, the series, the books. I know it's supposed to be really good sci-fi. It's just something that's not for me. So now that I know that they're going to make a sequel, I'd be like, nah, I'm going to wait, and then I'll see both at the same time. Okay. So, but you still have not watched the Lord of the Ring movies. Well, I haven't had uh, eight hours to sit <laughs> and watch the movies in one shot. Well, that's fair. Although, I did see The Hobbit, though, okay. because that was the prequel. So I was like, eh, I can watch did the you, prequel. Did, did, you oh, like, so, did you like The did, Hobbit? I did not. <laughs> well, I don't blame you because The Hobbit's not as good. Uh, the Hobbit is actually quite inflated. The Hobbit oh. should have only been two movies. So uh, that's fair. Um, 
Lord of the Rings trilogy is better than The Hobbit because so they, I've heard they didn't fill it with so much fluff. So I've heard. Now, how do you know you don't like Dune if you haven't read the books or seen anything? It's well. Once again, we're gonna go with uh, uh, another Mark fun fact. <laughs> when I was young. Oh, I'm always fascinated <laughs> by these fun facts about you. I hopefully the rest of our audience is, is is interested as well. So when I was a young, I don't child, care about the rest of the audience at this point. <laughs> when you I was maintained to be a mystery to me. When I was a youngin, yeah, my mother had came home from grocery shopping, and she had yes, a banana, and she had a banana, and she said, yeah. "Mark, have this banana," and I said. I don't like bananas. And she said, how do you know you don't like bananas if you never tried it? And I said, you have a valid argument. I didn't say that, but in my head, it was a valid argument. So I, I tried a banana, and it was the worst thing I ever had. And ever since then, I've never had a banana. So that's why, if I believe I didn't like it, I'm like, yeah, I probably don't not going to like it. And that's the answer to that question. Okay. So moving on. Uh, <laughs> you, you, yeah, Okay. <laughs> From the, it's called acting department. In a recent interview, Juliana Margolis, 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 had this to say when asked about her playing a gay character in the show, The Morning Show, starring Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, despite not being gay. Juliana says, <clears throat> are you telling me because I'm a mother, I can never play a woman who's never had a child or if you've never been married, that you can't play a married woman? I mean, you have to be careful where you're drawing the line there. We're actors. We're supposed to embody a character regardless of the sexuality. When it comes to race and gender, that's a whole different story. I am 100% agree with that. So that's my stance on it. I understand 100% that I cannot play a different race, but I am an actress and I'm supposed to embody another character. Whatever the sexuality is doesn't matter to me. The same way watching a gay person play a straight person. And we've been talking about this for a while. We've been talking about how the pendulum is shifting on only people, certain people can play certain roles. I like that she's standing up for this. What do you guys think, Charlie? I think an actor can play anything. I think I think you can play any race, any creed. You, you can play any, you can play something that's not human. You can play, if you're an actor, you could do, that's what you learn in acting school. You learn how to morph into everything. You learn how to become everything. It's what actors do, what method acting is all about. So I believe if you're an actor, if you're a real actor, you can you can morph into anything. What about you, Dominic? I mean, look, you I, I think I think Scarlett hot Scarlett Johansson would make the great a great first black James Bond. <laughs> you know like like there's some things that an actor cannot play like they said about race but in terms of the dog of, disagrees with you apparently apparently yeah. he believes that Idris Elba should be the first black <laughs> um, in fact that wasn't a dog that was me playing a dog oh hey, you know it's, it funny, it's, it's funny you mentioned that Charlie I was just when you brought that up I was just thinking about um there was a Broadway play that Sarah Jessica Parker was playing a dog. Okay. And well, it's my she, point. Yeah. She it was it was she was being interviewed, and she said that in the in the role she had a curse 
because there was a, a cat that walked by and she was a dog, so she cursed at the cat. And she said, normally I don't, I don't curse, but because of the role I played, that's what a dog would do, and therefore I cursed. So that, that made me think of what you were saying about a person can play anything. In a and dog. also you got, um, you got um, the Wayans playing white girls. You got Robert Downing Jr. playing a black guy. Yeah, well, I mean, his, his, uh, he ain't going to do that now, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> what was it? What was no, that line? No, a black dude saying, playing a white dude I'm playing just, a black dude. I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with anything. I'm just saying these were actors playing different uh, out of their uh, safety zones. All right. So continue your point, Dominic. Sorry for the interruption. Uh, you know, like there's only you can play to a point. You can't, you know, you can't really have, you know, someone white playing someone who's black, et cetera, et cetera. It, not in terms of a dramatic role anyway. I don't think it really that would work. But in terms of just displaying sexuality, so long as the actor is comfortable with what is in the script, then yes, I believe they could play however they want. I think Lord knows, Lord knows when you go back to um, the golden age of Hollywood, there were a lot of actors who were one form, one form mm-hmm. of sexual of sexuality playing another. A lot of Rock Hudson's out there. Yeah, but my my uh, my my two cents is that whatever says a Rock, lot of Rock Hudson was taking <laughs> taking roles from straight men. That's true, and I think a lot of it is that a lot of times the character's sexuality doesn't even play into the role. Like, it's certain things. You watch a movie, like, oh, he's gay? Eh, okay. Or, you know, he's yeah, straight? Eh, yeah. like, whatever. I don't, I don't really think that that would be an, even an issue. But if they make it an issue, that's a whole other argument. Right. So I just think that uh, Juliana is, is right on this, on this, uh, this, this point. So let's see. Not that, like, to be fair, like I don't think you should have someone of average height playing a little person. There are plenty of little people, Peter Dinklage, for example, what, what, so the, that, the, that, can, the, that can act. So the point is, is that I always say to find the best person for the role. Now, sometimes the 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 role dictates certain things that an actor cannot do, and therefore you get from that pool. So as you were saying, a little person. Like to get that, but um, there was um, right. I was watching a Jack Reacher. So in the books, Jack Reacher is like supposed to be like a six foot five, muscly, muscly man, and Tom Cruise played him in a movie. Right. So like, did they find that Tom Cruise is the best actor for that role? Maybe they did, but he didn't fit what the character was supposed to be, so they changed it to exactly. reflect that. Perfectly fine. Or or they yeah. said, who's going to bring us in more money? Screw what the character looks like. That's true too. That is true too. So speaking of um of uh genders and 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 not being in a... oh could I say one one yes, thing yes. before you yes before we move um, on go ahead back in the back in the day even before my day um Hollywood was so hung up with sexuality that in the silent um film days the early silent film they had all men playing the women's roles. That's that's true. That's true. When they didn't say further back in the day, back in Elizabethan times, they did the same thing. Correct. And and, um, as we were talking about comedies, uh, the movie I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker, they even made uh, light of the female stunt woman being played by a man. (laughs) 
Yep. Yeah. Because back then yeah. they only had men stuntmen and they did the women parts. That's a freaking great movie, <laughs> by the way. Yes. So, Funny stuff. so moving on from the, I guess the contract expired department. After <laughs> over a year, actress Ruby Rose finally spoke about spoke out about her time on the series The Batwoman, which led to her quitting the show. Ruby says, <clears throat> nothing like her. Enough is enough. I'm going to tell the whole world what really happened on that set. I will come for you. So what happened to me will never happen to another person again. And so I can finally take back my life and the truth. A crew member, <laughs> a crew member got third degree burns over his body. And we were given no therapy after witnessing his skin fall off his face. But I was the only one who sent him flowers and cards. And then we're told that we had to do a sex scene without a minute to process. We lost two stunt doubles. I got cut in the face so close to my eye in a stunt that I could have been blind. A woman was left quadriplegic and they tried to blame it on her being on her phone. So much so that the CW didn't even help her start uh, to start with because they needed to quote unquote investigate. So she had to do a GoFundMe. She's a PA. They work via phones. Her accident occurred because our shows refused to shut down when everyone else did because of COVID. Uh, during that time on the set, she was injured and uh, 10 days after surgery returned to the set, to which she says, to everyone who said I was too stiff on Batwoman, imagine going back to work 10 days after this, 10 days, or the whole crew and cast would have been fired, and I let everyone down because um, the producers said that he wouldn't recast, and I just lost the studio millions of dollars by getting injured on the set. That is the one who cost so many people their jobs. And then, when referring to her no-show at San Diego Comic-Con to promote uh, Batwoman, she says, Imagine having to take a pay cut to play a passion project and being so excited about Comic-Con, and then being told that they would not adjust the schedule so I could attend. And then said that they won't announce it. You have to. To which the executive at Warner Brothers says, <clears throat> despite the revisionist history that Ruby Rose is now sharing online, aimed at the producers, the cast and crew, the network, the studio, the truth is that Warner Brothers Television had decided not to excise its option to engage Ruby for season two of Batwoman based on multiple complaints about the workplace behavior that were extensively reviewed and handed privately out of respect for all concerned. Yeah. Of note, <laughs> of, of note, originally, all Ruby said when leaving the show was, this was not a decision I made lightly, and I have the utmost respect for cast, crew, and everyone involved with the show in both Vancouver and Los Angeles. Go, Charlie. Which was extensively reviewed by members of WB. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. No, we can't find anything wrong with that. So we've, we've talked about this before, about the mystery about her being... Um, leaving the show and then when she was cut out of the uh the replays of the justice league behind the scenes team up they just digitally removed her character whoop, out of there and now this is her coming to the internet and saying what happened um well i i know the perfect thing she could do what what she can she can contact our friend who made the play about spider-man he can make a play <laughs> about batwoman and it'll be great, and nobody get hurt. <laughs> you like uh, that, don't yes, you? Yes, yes. Uh, for those of you uh, paying attention, that would be uh, Justin Moran who made the Spidey Project, which was the uh, zero budget uh, off 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 Broadway play based on the Spider Man production, which was uh, full horrendous, of, 
which was full of people getting hurt and injured and died making that. So that's what that was that reference to. So Dominic, um, we, we've talked about this before. What are your thoughts on this whole Batwoman thing? Well, I mean, if, if she's being accurate of what really was going on on that set, then clearly those people that worked on, on the show at that time went to work on Rust with Alec Baldwin. That's terrible. I'm just saying, like, this is this is insane. Like, this should everyone has a right to a safe workplace. This is crazy if she's if she's telling the truth. And I don't I wasn't there. I don't know. But if she was really telling if she's telling the truth about what was going on on that set, yeah, I don't blame her for leaving. I don't blame her for walking away. I don't blame her for being like, I don't want to be a part of this. This is insane. But what about what uh, Warner Brothers has has said that it's a completely fabricated and delusional and yeah, yeah, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> well, how can you how can you completely fabricate medical reports? Yeah, this is true. I mean, all I know is that she did get injured. That's that's pretty much all I know because, like you said, you can't fabricate. She she was injured. She was. Uh, it was. Uh, they had said it was a pretty bad accident, and then she right. went back to work. So I guess it's one of those things where um, you're under an an NDA, and then you wait, and you wait, and then you say, mm-hmm. although. Mm-hmm. You know, it's on, on the flip side is that certain other people have spoken up at the time when things are going on. So it, it goes, I guess it boils down to is how much you're willing to sacrifice, how much you're willing to suffer for what you believe in. I right. think it's, you know, if, if she, if this did happen, I, I kind of feel bad that she waited until now to say something. Or had if to she, wait. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you really, truly, truly, truly believe it. Like, hey, I don't like what's going on right now. I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to put up my career because I believe what I'm saying is wrong. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, since you were, since you mentioned it, uh, Dominic, we have let's see, we have five minutes to go. So we will we'll see if we can squeeze this one in. From the we're overcorrecting department due to a recent accidental and shooting and killing of a crew member on a movie set. The producers of the cop series, The Rookie, has announced that, that, quote, there will be no more live weapons on the show, unquote. Executives say it was an idiot decision to make given the recent tragedy, and I think every production should consider it. As of today, it is now policy on The Rookie that all gunfire on the set will be soft guns with a CG muzzle flashes added in post. The safety of our crew and cast is too important. Any risk is too much risk. For those of you who haven't maintained, paying attention, or care for that matter, The Rookie is a cop show that stars Nathan Fillion as the LAPD's oldest recruit. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Like There have been accidents on sets before, and there have been stunts gone wrong. There has been deaths. Um, I remember uh, everybody's talking about the Brandon Lee, the crow shooting, but there was oh, yes. one on um, a TV show where the guy shot himself. It was a... Uh, cover up, I think the show was called on CBS, mm. and you know yeah, it was a, it was a hit show. But a lot of a lot of times when they they don't they have things go wrong, they really don't. It doesn't get the press that it should. Um, I know what was it? I think well, it was um, the Monster Hunter that I think one of the the stunt persons lost an arm, or or one of the Resident Evil movies, and they don't really get as much press. So, what are your thoughts on them just saying no more guns? CGI, this is all crazy for something that had happened now. Charlie, go ahead. Well, I mean, they can have they can have CGI do anything. 
I mean, it, it's ridiculous that someone would be putting any, it's ridiculous that live ammo is anywhere near any of these guns on a, on a set. I, I, there is no reason that live ammo should be there. And I think because people, people are stupid, they should CGI everything. Right, Dominic? Yeah. I was saying to my lady today, I feel more and more like um, the character from from The Departed, Staff Sergeant Dignam. So, today's Daily Double. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Uh, where there's a scene where, where he goes like, who did this? And he's like, hey, who are you? He goes, I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. And I feel more and more, it's like just no one does their job. If someone was doing their job on Rust, we there wouldn't be this issue. If people just did their job and did their job correctly, you wouldn't be having these problems. Exactly. So what is the thought of Hollywood now going all crazy and, and just shifting the pendulum so far and wide that no guns, get rid of it all, you know, all CGI? Well, the only good side of this is that if someone doesn't do their job well in the CGI department, no one will get killed. Right. The scene will just look terrible. Yeah. Well, know, they so had... they're, they're basically accounting for someone not being able to do their job and just mitigating human loss. Well, well they can have they can have the weapons, they can have the guns and then just CGI the gunfire. You know? Yeah, and you can absolutely... have the guns and just have literally nothing in the clip. Right, and just just CGI the fire, the yeah. firing. Yeah. All right. Um, we have a minute left to go, so uh, final thoughts. Charlie, final thought? Uh, just be nice to everybody and, uh, you know, just be kind. That's All it. right. Dominic, final thought? Uh, I maintain that hot Scarlett Johansson will make uh, a great first Black James Bond. <laughs> um, <laughs> So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back when we came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. This month at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, get ready for the release of Magic the Gathering Crimson Bow. And this month, Marvel Comics releases a brand new Hope number one and Venom number one. And you can pre order everything to make sure you get your comics. And don't forget to attend Huracan November 13th to get your free Cosmic Comics. We'll be having a special sale the entire month of December. Stay tuned! Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8, Thursday from 2 to 7, Saturday and Sunday, noon to 5. Thank you and stay safe! What's up, guys? This is Kari Payton, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio, so keep listening. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about the viral trend... Uh, show thing. Squid Game. <laughs> well said. The viral trend thing. Squid Game. 
which is on <laughs> Netflix and is all the rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So you saw the whole thing. I yeah, only like, saw one episode. So watch the rest of it. Really? What? Yeah. This is something I should need to watch. Not need to watch, but it's good for like binging. It's good for binging. That's like 10 hours of your time, isn't it? Like, good for Nine binging. Nine hours. Right. So, all right. So, you're saying it's a good game. It's a good show, right? Netflix show. Yeah. It's got, um, what, what's it about? It's about a bunch of guys who are in debt that play a kid's game? Yeah, basically. So, like, a bunch of people are in debt. They get recruited by these weird red people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then they basically play a game where when a player dies a player they, loses right yeah then they die yeah when a player loses they get more money like a billion dollars per player and oh wait when you win you get a billion dollars no when when a player loses yeah they die and they're worth like a billion dollars so it goes into a piggy bank for the winner oh really yeah that's so weird Okay, was it cool? Eh, I mean, the person who won wound up getting uh, $45.6 billion. That's pretty awesome. Because there were like 456 players. Four hundred. Oh, was that? Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess that's a good point. I mean, I only watched one episode, and it was late in the season episode because there was a lot of people getting one? The one where they're jumping on which glass? The tempered glass or I, the that regular one is, glass? Mm. That was a good episode to watch if I was going to... It was gonna... a good episode, but that was scary. Scary? Yeah. Well, more or less just because the they drama. were hopping on glass. Hopping on glass. Yeah. And you didn't know which one. Yeah, and you couldn't... You didn't know which one you were going to do. Yeah. Right? Because you fall, what, like it was like 100 feet or so, 200 feet. Off yeah, the, so yeah. like you die automatically. Right, and it seemed like it was just a bunch of rich people playing a game on a bunch of poor people. That's kind of what it came yeah, to. Yeah, they right? were like betting on them like horses. Yeah, which is, you know, kind of crazy. It was a good... Um, th- so, you enjoyed it? Yeah. You know? um, uh, a bunch of my friends recommended it to me, so that's why I, like, finally gave in. Like, at first I looked at it, and I was like, no. <laughs> then I looked at it again, and I'm like, all right, I guess I have nothing else to watch, so... It's so funny. Yeah. I was I was going to start it, and then all of a sudden I knew you started it, and then I was just like... Uh, I don't want to catch up, so <laughs> we'll figure it out. And then I caught that episode that you were watching, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you should you should watch it. It's good. It's it's yeah. All right, so maybe I'll try it and yeah. figure it out. I think it sounds like you want, you would recommend it as a show to watch. Um, I mean, I just heard the next day that after actually I watched that episode on mm-hmm. the news, uh, um, they were saying that somebody put their real phone number. They put the real phone number in one of the episodes. Really? And that people were getting... This person was getting pranked called by people who actually saw the episode. They just started calling <laughs> it. And then they had to reshoot those pots, spots. Why? So, because they had to reshoot... Because they had to get the number out of the show. Because it was someone's real yeah. phone number. And Did they know it was someone's real phone number? I guess not. I guess <laughs> not. You know, that's usually why they do... 555 in all the movies so it's always like oh what's your phone number 555 2626 or whatever it is and that's why nobody you know everybody knows that's a fake number so if you put a real number in people try it out people try weird things when they watch a show why would they okay (laughs) well that's what they do you know so it's actually kind of fun but you know yeah um 
season two? Is there going to be season two? I think so. I mean, the cliffhanger showed that there will be. It's a probably going to be a season two, and there were like a few like, I guess Easter eggs, not Easter eggs, but eggs in the. Aren't they called Easter eggs? I don't know. I think they are. It's like what they say with the okay. Well, Easter movies. eggs that uh, I assumed in the film. I mean, the movie oh show. My God, show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> show that, uh, that it's going to have a second weird. season. All right, so we'll see if there's a second season on it, mm-hmm. and hopefully it'll work out for... Uh, hopefully I'll catch up, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Goodbye. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Hey, I'm Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocked. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio! Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to Came From Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me via virtual distancing is none other than the Huracan event uh, organizer or event coordinator. What would, what would be your official title? Um, I would say the, the uh, organizer. Yeah, that's what I've been called. The event organizer, uh, David Donovan. Say hi, David. Thank you. Hello, Mark. Hello, everybody out there. This is David Donovan reporting to you from Huracan. Um, I was just talking before the show how we haven't seen each other since the last Huracan, and you actually were on the show before that, but it's been it's going to be uh, two years. Yeah, <laughs> Happy anniversary. Years. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been two years since the last one. We did one in 2018. We did one in 2019, and then everything went crazy, and we couldn't do one last year. And I'll to tell you the truth, I was really ramped up for 2020. I thought it was going to be 10 times better. And I had all these hopes and dreams and they all faded away. But we're back. It's 2021. Um, we're coming back on uh, November 13th. That's a Saturday, November 13th, uh, from 10 o'clock in the morning till five o'clock in the evening. We're going to be at Bethany Congregational Church in East Rockaway, New York. That's Nassau County, by the way. That is not Queens. East Rockaway, New York, 100 Main Street, East Rockaway, New York, 11518. And uh, I'm really hoping you can come down. Admission to the show is a $5 donation to the church. And actually, this entire convention is a fundraiser for the church. Uh, The church was the relief center during Hurricane Sandy, thus the name Huracan. And uh, some damage was done to the church during Hurricane Sandy and as being the relief center. So we started to raise, we started it to raise money to fix those problems. And now we have a church that's been around since 1885. That needs a lot of work. Uh, the church shares space with a Korean Methodist church. We have a daycare center in the church. We have the Boy Scouts in the church. We have AA in the church. We have a thriftique in the church. It's a real community center of East Rockaway. 
And um, I'm really hoping the community comes out and supports it and all you fans out there. And if you do come out to the show, and I don't know what the code word can be. It could be either I heard about it on came for the radio, or I think Mark Torres is the coolest guy on the radio. <laughs> I will give you a special prize if you come and see me. So you have either those two catchphrases to say to me, and then we'll set you up with something special. Well, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought I, you'd appreciate that. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, I did want to mention that um, I was there the first two. Yes, times. you were. And each time got and better and better. Thank you. And I've been watching the social media and you, you kind of went um, to an exponential level for this one. It looks like that year off actually made you uh, put more boots on the ground to get more bigger names and bigger stuff to make this a big, small convention. How does that come about? Well, the bottom line on the show is I've always felt that the show should celebrate the local artists, the local writers. And so we've done that in the past. But what I try to do with every show also is to have somebody from East Rockaway in the show, somebody from East Rockaway to show what they do. So last year we had a very good friend of mine, John Morano. He had written three books in a series called The Eco Adventures. And he was the writer of those books. And they've been optioned for cartoons and what have you. So John's very, very successful in what he does. And this year, John Hart is coming down. And John Hart is uh, the brother of a pal I went to high school with, Billy Hart. And John is a really amazing pop artist from down in, uh, I believe it's um, the West Virginia, Virginia area. Uh, kind of undergroundy, kind of really interesting, interesting artwork. You should look for his name on Instagram under John Hart with two T's. And uh, he's going to come down and sell some of his paintings, and T-shirts and stickers so that's going to be really uh, an interesting part of the show. Again, he's an East Rockaway graduate of the high school. He grew up in East Rockaway. He knows the town very well. So we're always trying to, to get somebody local. We have a bunch of other local artists and, and writers coming down, too. And we're just trying to you know, make it a nice little homey feel where you can come down and have a good time. But in addition to the local stuff, you have some big names coming down there as well. Um, do you just have like connections throughout all the years of just knowing people that you have that you convince them to come on down or is it's, he just uh, throwing them, you know, a <laughs> little, little extra on the side, to come on down or, no. or, or are you bribing them with the great food that's there? <laughs> the funny thing is that the show uh, sprung out of uh, the desire of the church to rent out the, the gymnasium. We, we needed ways to raise money after Hurricane Sandy. So I approached a couple of the local, <clears throat> excuse me, comic uh, conventions that are on Long Island asked them to come down. And one of the organizers came down, looked around, said, no, nah, it's too small. We can't use it. So I came home and I talked to my wife, Linda, about it. And she said, what happened? I said, they don't want to use the space. So we're not going to do it. She goes, oh, well, why don't you do it? And I said to my wife, Linda, why would I want to do something like that? And she kind of looked at me out of the corner of her eye like, why? Because this is what you enjoy, you dope. So after she smacked me in the head with a frying pan, I said, you're absolutely right. And we uh, started just asking around the first year. Um, I got a bunch of uh, very close pals. We have an original art club that meets about once a month. Um, and we collect original art together and trade and, and talk about art. So almost six of the tables are taken up by those guys. Then we have a couple of local guys uh, coming in. Uh, Lost for Toys is going to be there. And um, a guy out of Brooklyn, It's Alive Comics, is going to be there. So a lot of people um, just kind of heard about it, which is kind of cool that they approached me. 
Um, it's a live comics. That's what I said. Yeah, Lost for Toys is coming down. Your um, your uh, Patreon Unji Kun is coming down also. Unji Kun, yes, yes. fantastic. And uh, Bad Fish Comics is coming down. A bunch of people, and then just started approaching people. Like I talked about John Hart, uh, Michael Jan Friedman, the Star Wars, uh, Star Trek, excuse me. Oh my gosh. Star Trek. There'll be a riot. There'll be a riot. (laughs) (laughs) And comic book writer. Um, I had met him at the uh, Grasshopper Holiday uh, Party and we spoke about it. And he said, yeah, I'd love to come. I thought that was fantastic. Um, Brian Benjamin is one of our artists coming down for the second year. He is a graduate of the Kubert School. Really, really good artist. My son bought a beautiful Batcave uh, drawing from him. That was fantastic. And uh, the two fat guys, Brendan Shaw and Pete Vasquez, are coming down. And I've always admired their stuff at the shows. They're always so much fun. They do the little little canvas paintings of all the, um, the famous characters and cartoons and comics. So they're coming down. And also uh, Brian Mitchell and Kimball Thorpe, who have done the show before, are coming down. Frank Casotto, who had done a nice piece for our raffle last year, is going to be there. And Will Torres is going to be there. And let's see who else. Um, I don't want to forget uh, Sean Jackson. Sean Jackson has a new book out called Star Wars Mazes. Uh, Sean and I worked together at ABC News for a bunch of years. He first had a book out called From Here to There, which was a maze book. And then he graduated to Star Wars. And the book is amazing. And I'm hoping he brings so many copies because I really think people are going to use that as a great uh, gift for Christmas. And of course, um, you said, how do I get these people? I approached uh, Keith Williams. He is an inker for Marvel and DC, an artist, comic book artist. He's worked a lot with John Byrne, did uh, the Fantastic Four with him, and also did She-Hulk. Yep. And he also did uh, two of the uh, two issues of Spider-Man written by the great Don McGregor and called it Something About a Gun. And uh, that was penciled by my probably favorite, favorite artist in comics, Marshall Rogers. And he inked those, and I actually had a page that I brought to him at the past Eternal Con, and he signed it for me and told me some great stories. So just uh, just talking to people, putting the word out there, trying trying to, you know, and have them come down and have a good time. That's what it's all about. It's going to be a very laid back show. Um, we're just going to have a good time. The price of the tables is very reasonable for everybody. So I think you're all going to have a good time. I really do. So you mentioned the raffle, and that is one yes. of the the signature of the Huracan. I, I think there was three things at the Huracan that made it different. One is that it was in a church, so that it made it different. Number two was the raffle. You had one of the best raffles I have ever seen in any convention ever. And then you had the food. The food is always the food is, is fantastic. Uh, Linda Fardella, she's a church member. She handles it with my wife. And um, they, Linda makes all the food. We have another uh, member of the church is making, uh, he's making some uh, seafood bisque, which is a fantastic soup. I can't wait to have that. And uh, we're going to have the uh, walk-in taco, which is taco in a bag. We're going to have uh, knishes, hot dogs, you name it. You're going to come, you're going to eat, you're going to buy, you're going to eat some more, you're going to buy some more, and hopefully you'll buy even more. The, the raffle, yes. uh, so far this year, we have, um, we have a bunch of limited prints. Uh, signed by the great Joe Giella, who is the oldest living Batman artist uh, today. He lives right here in Long Island. I actually have two pieces from him hanging on my wall, um, two Golden Age covers that he redid for me. They look fantastic. They're actually framed up on the wall right now. I'm looking at both of them. One is the famous Batman and Robin spotlight cover, and the other is a great uh, scene of the Batmobile being driven by Robin for some reason, crashing to the front of the bat of the cover of the Batman comic. Um, I also have two um, two beautiful prints by Tim Sale. He's another great Batman artist, signed by him. 
and other things are coming in. A lot of the people that come actually donate things to the raffle. So what I'm saying to anybody out there is, if you'd like to donate to our raffle, we'd love to have you. Again, it's one of the bigger things where we raise money for the church. And um, we have so many. I'm sure you'll walk away with something you like. Yes, I was, yes. Yeah, I, I was I, very I, fortunate. I have to say, like I said, it was one of the best raffles I've ever seen. Right. Um, and uh, if you guys check out our Facebook page, we have tons of pictures. of. I believe we got a picture of each and every single uh, winner. And they were yes. all happy with tons and tons of yes. stuff. Yes, you really did a great job, Mark. I can't thank you enough. Uh, all those pictures you took of all the happy faces. It was fantastic. It really, it really showed you the spirit of the day that everybody's yes. had a good time. And also we make it. So uh, the admission is $5 donation to the church. Again, going to the church, help us to keep the church going, but any kids 12 or under in costume get in free. So everybody holds on to their Halloween costumes for two weeks and they come to Huracan. It's fantastic. They all come dressed up. It's really a lot of fun. So we're almost out of time. So let's do social media. Where can people find out more about the Huracan? Go. Yes, they can go on Instagram and search Huracan LI, Huracan LI on Instagram. We are also Huracan on Facebook, and we're also Huracan on Twitter. If you need to reach us for any reason, you want to ask a question or find out about a table or find out about the raffles, what we're offering, the email address is Huracan, H-U-R-R-I-C-O-N, Huracan at Yahoo. Dot com And I will try to get back to you as soon as I can. We have a fantastic poster that is going out to all the comic shops in the area done by the very, very talented Faith Stone. She did a beautiful job. Take a look on our Facebook page or on Instagram to see a copy of that poster. It is just beautiful. It's almost so great. I think we should sell it as a print itself. It's really a, a beautiful piece of work that she did. All right. So we oh, have about- oh, one more thing. One more thing. Yes. I want to say. yes. One more thing. I forgot. I'm sorry. I just met with uh, Chuck from Cosmic Comics, your wonderful sponsor of the show, yes. by the way. And he is giving us a load, a load of free comics to give out at the show. And in each one of those free comics will be a coupon for 10% off your purchase at Cosmic Comics. So when you come in the door, there'll be free comics on the table. You can take one or two or three or whatever we will let you take at that point. And inside will be a coupon you can bring back to Cosmic Comics of Baldwin. And I am the voice of Cosmic Comics of Baldwin. <laughs> and, <laughs> a little self-promotion that never hurts. And Chuck will be so happy to see you. Um, he is not going to be available that weekend, actually. So he won't be there, but um, he's getting married that weekend, which is fantastic. So we'll be toasting Chuck at Huracan. Come on down. So we have a minute and a half left. So I just wanted to do quickly, um, what COVID uh, um, practices are you guys going to have? Everyone needs to be masked. We're hoping you are vaccinated, but everyone will be wearing a mask at the show. We will have hand sanitizer there available for you to use when you come in. And we just hope that you do your usual social distancing, keep your mask on, and, you know, just be respectful of everybody else. Everybody behind the tables will be wearing it. Well, the artists, everybody knows, I've told everybody, no one has a problem with it, which is fantastic. So look, it's different times we live in right now. We have to be careful and we have to take care of each other. So I'm just saying, be a superhero and wear your mask. All right. So with a minute to go, do you have any final thoughts? Mark, thank you so much for your um, your help in getting the word out. I really, really appreciate it. You've been a big um pusher of the show pusher i like that you've been a big pusher of hurricane <laughs> and like i said if you come down and say i heard about hurricane on it came for the radio or i or you say to me mark torres is the coolest guy on the radio you will get a prize from me just look for me and i'll find you and i'll give you something 
So my final thought is this. Thank you for being a guest on the show. Again, much continued success. I really enjoy the con. It's a, it's a little big con. That's what I like about it. It's a very friendly atmosphere. Um, it was a really good time. And I wasn't even there all day. So I can only imagine how much time, how much fun everybody else had. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with the Game Fun Radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hi, this is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Hi, everyone. This is Tom Christopher. I had played Hawk on Buck Rogers on the 25th century, and you are listening to It Came From Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to www.itcamefromradio.com and listen to our archives. We'll be up in a week or so. Go to such places such as btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.